Hello, dear listeners. Today we've got something a little bit different for you. A sneak peek at our Patreon and Apple subscribers only talk show, Hysteria Home Companion, where producer Miranda and I take turns telling you stories that were cut from the main episodes or stories that have something to do with the topics we're covering. We thought this story was just too good not to share with everyone. It's a little branch off from our 12-foot skeleton series, where Miranda tells me a completely baffling story of a real corpse discovered in a California dark ride, and the long, strange, forest gumpian journey of a mysterious cadaver known by many different aliases. On the rest of this episode, not included in the preview, you would hear all about the making of our show, our feelings about the content that we've just put out, and commentary around other media that we've been consuming in what we call our culture corner. Other tales that we've told on Hysteria Home Companion include things like Ayn Rand's polyamorous cult, celebrity alien abductions, Beavis and Butthead-related arson, TikTok pranks gone wrong, and so much more. So now, please enjoy this story about the many lives of a carnival corpse, right after these messages. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat, gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Do you want to hear, Chelsea, a story of someone else's life? Uh, of course, I always do. Um, this is, it's like kind of related because it 
is related to a dark ride. Oh, which I love. A DR? A DR, baby. <laughs> so basically, I was looking up a, a few stories related to real bodies allegedly being inside of dark rides Ooh, or like okay, museums right. or whatever. So we know about the Pirates of the Caribbean one. Mm-hmm. And apparently that is uh, the skull and crossbones that are on the headboard of the captain's quarters treasure room you know when you go in and there's that skeleton with all the gold yeah do we know that for sure i mean it's been verified there's a video (laughs) that i could throw on here and play for you because it's kind of funny um it's of a cast member confirming okay but it's a cast member at disneyland so we don't know and it's pretty funny audio so maybe we'll play it hi But then Riley claims that it's the main bones that are like, come ye to the dark. But I don't (laughs) I don't think they're there anymore. He says dead men tell no tales. And I think that's a a projection (laughs) now. Yeah, I mean, because now it's probably fucking Johnny, whatever his name is, Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, because they like injected him into everything. And it's like, yes, we don't know you. I don't know you. (laughs) You're not supposed to be here. Anyway, anyway, it's fine. (laughs) So while I was doing this research, though, I came across this urban legend that I had heard before, but I didn't do very much deep dive into. And I did. (laughs) I did some deep diving and it's fun. So you ready to go on this ride? Strap on your scuba suits. Strap no, strap on your strap in your seatbelts. Put down the bar. Seatbelt <laughs> bar. Whatever. Keep your hands and arms the heck inside. Goddamn right. We're going to Long Beach, California. Okay? Okay. Are you there? I'm there. We're on a boardwalk that I actually I also ended up doing a lot of research on because so it's just like Nothing is cool anymore. Ugh. This was like a boardwalk situation called the Pike, and it went through a few name changes, but it opened in like at like the turn of the century, and it was like rides and you know cotton candy and peanuts and everything you would expect on a boardwalk, but it was also like burlesque shows and Ooh. dirty sailor bars and. <laughs> And just like a tattoo parlor that is like the last remaining part of this boardwalk. Everything else has been torn down, covered in landfill, covered in a mall, which is now fucking outlets. So it's like the fucking gap and Forever 21. It's not even the good kind of mall. No, it's no. Yeah. So this place sounds amazing. It's just like a perfect mix of like a carnival, but also like dirty, seedy, weird little restaurants, like the way like Coney Island mm-hmm. used to be. Yeah. Or I was going to say Venice Beach a little bit. Totally. So yeah, this is in Long Beach. We're walking on the boardwalk. You can smell the ocean. Mm. You can smell the cotton candy. Mm. And we come upon a facade with different characters on the front. It's like a classic old carnival ride. It's called Laugh in the Dark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and and can I s- <laughs> diverge yes. for a minute? Uh-huh. I just wonder so much 
if that dark ride has anything to do with one of my three favorite Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes called mm. Laughing in the Dark. And that's the name of the ride. Definitely. Say, it's the most fun in the park <laughs> when you're laughing in, in the, the dark. dark. Yeah. And uh, it's a clown. Guy steals his nose. Clown comes to get his nose back. Great job with the monster problem because you barely see the clown. Bravo. But anyway. Yes. I mean, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure that it's related. It's got to be. Yeah. It's called Laugh in the Dark. It's spelled L-A-F-F, just to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go on this ride. It's a lot of normal stuff, whatever. Lots of hanging accoutrement. And we see to our left what looks like a hangman that's been covered in like glow-in-the-dark paint. You know, some of his toes and fingers are missing. And we're and we ride by and we say, ha 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 ha, what ho, good fun. And (laughs) (laughs) and then I don't know where we are in time, somewhere in the, you know, wherever we want to be. But we fast forward to 1976 in the Laugh in the Dark ride. There's a TV crew working on the show, The Six Million Dollar Man. Are you familiar with this show? Uh, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Same. The Elevator pitch is an everyday astronaut turned crime fighting android. This is a very popular show. I know people are probably okay. like squirming around right now because it's like, you know, it's it's iconic or whatever. It sounds too superhero for us. Yeah, that's it. It does. Anyway, so they're filming in this dark ride for an episode called Carnival of Spies. <laughs> and the artistic director is like, oh, look at this corpse look at this like hanging scary thing look at this corpse look at this graph and i'm gonna move it sorry yeah we're doing a nickelback <laughs> meme when are we not <laughs> so the artistic director is like i'm gonna move this guy over here and as he goes to move him his arm breaks off yeah and there are all these like waxy layers of muscle and a core of human bone oh my god Mm-hmm. So this wasn't even just a skeleton. Nope. They just like th- put a corpse up there. Oh, yeah. Did they preserve it in some way? I'm going to tell you. Okay, okay. All about it. Okay, all right. So production, you know, grinds to a halt. They call all the emergency guys and they send this body to the, you know, L.A. coroner's office or whatever. And they're examining, you know, all of the parts of this body and fully coming to the realization that it's a human corpse. Okay. Just so rotted away. So get ready. Get the fuck ready. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) The corpse's mouth is like tightly closed. Okay. Because it's an old, old corpse. Okay. They open the mouth and inside is a penny dated 1924. (gasps) Not just a penny, three ticket stubs for 140 West Pike, Sideshow, and Louis Sonny's Museum of Crime. Okay. This shit is in the corpse's mouth. I can't get over it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... Did somebody put it in the corpse's mouth after it was hung up there? Because wasn't... Nope. Well, 
I'm going to tell you okay. all, right. all okay. about okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. So they're like, okay, you know, we got to figure out who this guy is. Yeah. We got a mystery on our hands, boys. We got a mystery <laughs> on our hands. <laughs> and they basically figure out that this is the body of one Elmer McCurdy. Okay. Great name. Right. So Elmer McCurdy is born in the year 1880 and he has like a rough childhood. He has the Ted Bundy thing happen where he's raised thinking that his mom is his sister. She was 17. uh uh And then he finds out when he's a teenager and like goes buck wild and has all this resentment over it. Uh He turns to the bottle. He turns to a life of crime. He joins the army for a while and gets some training in nitroglycerin (laughs) bombs, basically. Like he figures out how to make bombs based on his military training. So he's a train robber. But he's like a pretty bad train robber. So everybody's like making fun of him all the time because they're like, this was the smallest haul anyone's ever gotten (laughs) from a train because he like pulled over the wrong train car and thought there was $400,000 inside. But it was really just passengers. So he got like $46 and a bottle of whiskey. Nailed it. Nailed it. And this, you know, and this kind of stuff had happened before he like used too big a bomb and melted all the money that was inside a safe <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> okay. so <laughs> so he's upset about this last one he retreats to a, a cabin and these three sheriffs come along and get into a shootout with him and in this interview they claim that he was the one to shoot the first shots, whatever, but he dies by one bullet wound laying down. So Mm. I don't know what to believe. It's not really important to the story. So you'll remember Chelsea from one of which, which episode was it that we learned about the civil war embalming practices? Uh, Probably death. Probably death. You're right. Yeah. So this is, you know, embalmers will embalm. Embalmers going to (laughs) embalm. And then they, would often like put the bodies up on display as like an example of their services. So wait, what they put the bot like on where in their mortuaries. So they're just like, this could be you. Yeah, this could be your brother. <laughs> if you lived here, you'd be home now. Yeah. <laughs> but they were just like on the walls or were they like outside the building? Like statuary like what what do you know no that's a good question this one in particular this funeral director joseph l johnson embalmed elmer mccurdy okay and nobody came to claim him okay we're in oklahoma by the way and he so he props him up in his funeral home and props up a gun next to him and he just like puts him on display. Wow. Okay. Um, so apparently wow. this was like not a totally abnormal practice, mm-hmm. but I think usually people would come claim bodies. So it didn't, they didn't st- stay up that often, right. um, but nobody came to claim him and he didn't make any money off of this corpse that he embalmed. So he, <laughs> he's really upset about that and decides <laughs> to start charging people to come see the body. Wow, a real P.T. Barnum. Yeah, truly. So 
weirdly, really, I find this very strange. The patrons of this service would put the payment inside the corpse's mouth. Oh. Which is like, then Joseph L. Johnson, buddy, you got to go in and get all the nickels out of the corpse's mouth at the end of the workday. Like, it seems gross. But I guess if you're already an embalmer. It seems really cheap. A nickel? Like, if you're paying for an embalming and you pay, like, a nickel? No, they were coming to see the body. Oh. (laughs) Doi, 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 doi. Okay. (laughs) Hello. Um, There's also a story that might be apocryphal about the embalmer's kids putting the corpse on roller skates oh my god it's probably not true i it it could be weekend at bernie's i know i was gonna bring a weekend at bernie's as well um anyway so okay wow big wow so he's there for five years big wow he calls him the bandit who wouldn't give up that's that's the title of this attraction that he's created in his funeral home yeah so then he's making some money off of this And carnival promoters from all over the world are like, well, we'll buy this body from you. We want to make some money off of people coming to see a corpse. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. This is my taxidermy. He's not for sale. (laughs) And finally, after the uh, five years, a pair of men show up and they claim to be Elmer McCurdy's long lost brothers. Oh, yeah. And they want to give him a proper burial. They want to take him back to his hometown and give him his last rites, you know. Bullshit. I guess Joseph L. Johnson is like either tired of this corpse or he believes them. He's got a soft mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. Turns out... They're not his brothers at all. Mm. Their names are Charles and James Patterson, and they are the purveyors of the great Patterson carnival shows. Okay. All right. So for the next maybe like 10 years, Elmer McCurdy's body is passed around from freak show to freak show. Okay. (laughs) So it's just being displayed alongside. Alongside like alligator girl and strong okay. man. And then it's just like corpse guy. <laughs> well, no, they, <laughs> they called him the outlaw who would never be captured alive. Oh. The embalmed bandit. The famous Oklahoma outlaw. The mystery man of many aliases. And finally, the thousand year old man. <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go for it. Okay. Going yeah. hard. Wow. Wow. Okay. And somehow they're like being careful enough with this guy's body. I mean, he's getting pretty beat up, but the okay. James L. Johnson used an arsenic as part of the embalming process, which I guess like really solidified things. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Embalming is so wild. Yeah, it really is. More after this. And now back to the show. So then in 1922, he becomes part of the Traveling Museum of Crime, which is presumably how that ticket stub ended Mm -hmm. up in his mouth. Although it's like, why? So further along, we're in 1933 and the carnival scene is kind of winding down. People aren't going to freak shows as much anymore. So he makes his way 
to the great lights of Hollywood. <laughs> oh my God. Our boy Elmer wow. was displayed in the lobby of movie theaters. Wow. This one's wild. Specifically for this 1933 drug exploitation film called Narcotic. <laughs> okay. And the director of this movie is named Dwayne Esper. He is, I guess, considered by many to be the father of the exploitation film. He made movies like Sex Maniac. Great. Marijuana, with an H, and How to Undress in Front of Your Husband. <laughs> is that an exploitation film or like an educational mental high or whatever hygiene film? Both. It's an okay. exploitation film that is teaching you how to and how not to undress in front of your husband. Wow. I'm going to need to learn more. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is what I went down so many rabbit holes in this. Oh my gosh. Research. But this is fun. The This director put up Elmer McCurdy's body as part of the promotion for this film and claimed he had killed Elmer himself while surrounded by police after he had robbed a drugstore to support his habit. Ugh. So the director claims that he, you know, <laughs> this could be you because he looks so bad because he was a drug addict and right, 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 morally right. bankrupt. You know, it's quite a gimmick, and I do love movie gimmicks. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> So he also ends up in like a carnival themed horror film called She Freak in 1967. He was periodically like lent out to traveling sideshows again. Like there was one near Mount Rushmore where they just like put him on top of a van like a Christmas tree. And that's how he lost <laughs> like some of his toes and stuff from what? the wind damage. Mm hmm. OK. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Which is literally the worst place I've ever been. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. And then he was sold in bulk to the Hollywood Wax Museum. Dude, this is a real Forrest fucking Gump. He's truly. He's the corpse of Forrest Gump. This would. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. This would make a great adventure film. Yeah. Of some kind. Maybe this is the film we finally write. Maybe it is. Probably not. Anyway. <laughs> But the Hollywood Wax Museum decided not to exhibit him because he didn't look good. Because he ain't wax. He ain't wax. It's not what they do there. No. And then finally, he ends up in what is now Queens Park, formerly the Pike, mm -hmm. the boardwalk in Long Beach, California. And that is where he is found by the TV crew of The Six Million Dollar Man. And finally identified. Wow. So in the spring of 1977, he is interred in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Uh, and there were over 300 spectators there at his funeral. Wow. He was laid next to Bill Doolin, who was another Wild West outlaw. And his grave was covered with several feet of concrete to prevent any further usage of his body wow and that's the story of elmer mccurdy and the laugh in the dark funhouse i can't believe it that was one of the best stories i have ever heard wow right yeah i'm looking up his i'm looking at him i'm gonna look at him 
a look at him. Ooh. It's look at him both ways. Big yucko. Scary. Look at that face. Yeah. I mean, the embalmer did an okay job. But yeah, it seems that he has eroded over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely take a look, patrons. Elmer McCurdy. Wow. Damn. Okay. I hope I did that story justice. It It's really a ride. And no, I, you certainly did. You, you really did. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. No, thank you so much for that story. I mean, I feel <laughs> I am in awe of this. It's got everything. It's got everything. I was so shocked. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and it also kind of makes sense because the other types of skeletons or the way that skeletons were acquired inside the United States is often that they were executed criminals. Mm. And that, you know, meant a lot of different types of people. But this person likely, if he hadn't become this funhouse corpse, could have become a skeleton for uh, scientific study or, you know, an odd fellow skeleton even. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Great stuff. Great stuff. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash American Hysteria or by subscribing on your Apple app. For just three bucks a month, you can get ad-free episodes and bonus content like Hysteria Home Companion. Thank you so much to our patrons and Apple subscribers for your support. You really keep us going. And as for the rest of you, we'd love for you to join our little community. Thanks, as always, for listening. And of course, Miranda and I hope you have a great week.